Jessica Libor, and I am an artist, educator, and curator. If you're an artist who wants to create an amazing and fulfilling career in life, this podcast is for you. I'll be sharing inspiration that has worked for me and art world insights and tips. My goal for this podcast is to help you feel in control of your art career and empowered to be the best artist that you can be. I would like to thank my sponsor, Era Contemporary. Era Contemporary is a gallery and media website serving discerning art collectors through exclusive art events, articles on contemporary artists, and art consulting. Their next exhibition is a group show in September of 2020 featuring contemporary realist artists titled The New Pre-Raphaelites and sponsored by Harkham College. Era Contemporary is currently accepting submissions to be in this epic virtual exhibition until August 1st. If you are an artist who would like to apply to be in this show or a collector who would like an invitation to the virtual event, please visit www.eracontemporary.com for more information. Hello, my visionary artist friends. I am very excited to share with you today's podcast guest, Marina Granger. Marina and I met at a gallery opening that I was a part of in the Hamptons in the fall of 2019. We hit it off immediately and have since spent time together attending gallery openings in New York. She is the founder of the Artist Advisory, and she has nearly 15 years of experience working in the New York City art world. She holds a master's degree in art history and a special place in her heart for artists. She has curated independently and contributed to various publications. She commenced her journey in the art world in 2003. She continued to flourish and bloomed into a gallery director shortly thereafter. Along the way, she stopped to smell the roses as a museum employee, oscillating between their distinguished bookstore and their exhibitions department. Her work has brought her in close contact with a plethora of players in the art world, artists, collectors, curators, dealers, and consultants. It is her advice and experience that she wishes to share with you. Join me today as I chat with Marina about the mindset that artists can have to bring success, advice for your website, the one practical thing you can do to see more results, and how to change the vibe of your studio with good feng shui in order to encourage your highest creativity. Without further ado, welcome Marina. Hello, Marina. How are you? Hi, Jessica. It's so good. And it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to see you too. It's great to connect after, I don't know, it's been a couple months. Um, yeah. I think we last saw each other in person, IRL, in probably in January, way in before January? this. Was it January or December? I don't even know. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold. It was cold. And um, that was definitely a cold night, but um, but it was a really fun night. And um, yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the Inspired Painter podcast. And I just think that you're going to add so much value and interesting information to people today. So um, why don't you just tell everyone listening what you do today and what your uh, business is about? Sure. So I am the founder of the Artist Advisory. We're based here in New York, but we function on the internet, you know, so we're 
we work with everyone, but um, I worked as a gallery director in New York City for many years and it was amazing. Uh, but there were times when I was working with people who treated artists like they were second-class citizens. And I really felt that artists were the backbone of the art world. So because of that, I decided to start a company that helps artists navigate this grand art world, right? And so what I do is everything from what I say is very practical from like the business side of things mm -hmm. to if you're really trying to uh, get more creative and more conceptual. I also help artists work with that. Mm -hmm. Although my strength does lie in the business side of things. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as concept goes, I just help artists flush it out. I have a master's degree in art history that really uh, makes me a little bit um, more fluent in art theory, which kind of helps, but um, I'm really focusing on the practical side of things too. That is so amazing. And I know that so many artists need that practical side because we have so many emotions and we want to express everything. But then a lot of times art school doesn't teach us how to handle the business side and how to present ourselves. And um, yeah, all those things which are actually extremely important in making art a, an actual career that you can live on. So I think that's amazing what you're doing. And um, I, I'm on your email list and I love, um, you know, seeing what you're up to all the time. I think it's so inspiring. And um, yeah, and so we met, we met at, um, at a gallery opening that- In the Hamptons. In the Hamptons, yeah. And My your work was on view. Yes, yes. And I remember I really loved it. And then I saw, I met you and I was like, I like her vibe. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I like your vibe and I loved your dog. I couldn't believe, I thought it was like a fur coat at first and then you turned around <laughs> and it was a dog and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I have a big fluffy Pomeranian um, <laughs> who does come off as, you know, a fur coat or a shagskin rug, one of those. <laughs> yes, so funny. But, um, but yeah, we really connected there and then uh, we met up again in New York and um, saw some galleries and had an actually really inspiring conversation that um, was just so inspiring. And that's a conversation for another time, but. <laughs> I, I managed to inspire the painter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Is, you know, that's not my strong suit. I feel like that is your strong suit, but I'm delighted that I did that for you somehow. Oh, thank you so much. Well, um, yeah, so so tell us a little bit about your background um, working in galleries. I'm so curious to know more about um, kind of like the specific galleries you worked for. And well, you don't have to actually say that because, you know, but um, I'm, I'm curious to know what the experience of working for a gallery uh, gave you and any tips you might have coming from a gallerist perspective before we get into the meat of feng shui for sure. the you. Yeah, that's a great question. So I really started working in galleries um, as soon as I possibly could. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think I believe I had my very first gallery internship and this is where the 
world becomes so small, right? Um, my first gallery internship was actually for Rick Davidman's gallery. In no way. Yes. Oh it was back, I want to say like 2004, 2005. Okay. And I, I knew, you know, I moved on. I was there only for like three months or whatever it was. Um, and I, you know, years and years later, Rick Davidman walks into the gallery where I was working and I'm like, oh my goodness, Rick Davidman, I used to be your intern. He could not remember me probably because <laughs> I only was there for three months, but also at the time I used to dye my hair black. So, oh, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think he was just like, who, what? Um, but he, um, I, one of our, one of his, I think his art handler was there at the opening um, where I met you, which is a show that he cur curated. Right. And he remembered me, which was lovely. I was like, yeah, see, Rick, I'm not making this up. Um, <laughs> so I started back in New York, you know, in New York City, which is where I went to college um, and studied art history. I initially really wanted to work as a curator in museums because I was so curious about how the artwork got on the walls in museums. And I wanted to sort of quench that curiosity by studying art history and hopefully working at a museum like the Met one day. Mm. So I went on to um, finish my bachelor's degree in art history. And with this in mind, I really wanted to work um, at a museum so I pursued a graduate degree in art history. Mm. And as I was doing this, um, 2008 happened. And 2008 was the great, you know, stock market crash. Um, galleries, it, just the art world was really struggling at the time. Um, but I found myself reshuffling my path somehow. And as much as I wanted to work in museums, it just didn't work out for me. I worked at Neue Gallery in New York for a short time. Um, I interned at the registrar's department and I worked in the bookstore and it was really a small museum where we only had about 30 staff members at the time. So it was, I knew about what each of the departments were, was doing. Mm -hmm. But there was an opening at a gallery on the Lower East Side uh, called DCKT Contemporary and has since closed, but um, it was such a great opportunity for me where I really learned how to do everything firsthand. I was working alongside the gallery owners, there were two of them, and we were doing everything from um, the public relations to the registration of the artwork to installing the work ourselves and of course to selling mm -hmm. and so that is really where i got a lot of the bulk of my understanding of the art world because we also travel to a variety of art fairs mm -hmm. later on <clears throat> i worked in another gallery on um, the on 57th Street that has since closed and I worked there for seven years and lastly as the gallery director. So that really opened my eyes to a lot of things to really the reshuffling of the structure of the art world too because you know I lived uh, I lived through it all no I that's kind of a weird thing to say but I've seen the way that the internet has impacted 
the art world so clearly because when, yeah. So, you know, when I started in 2004, artists barely had websites, galleries barely had websites. I think we um, would use a temp, every gallery more or less had the same template that they were getting from, I think it was Artnet or something like that. You know, there was, um, and it was a very easy thing to update and it was very clear, but it was very limited. Mm -hmm. And I remember I even suggested because, you know, I was straight out of college and like the young kid at the gallery. And I was like, oh, we should have a Facebook page. And they were like, a Facebook page? Are you kidding me? Like people aren't going to, they don't care about this. Oh my God. Oh, come on. Like, let me make it. And they were like, well, whatever. And so I made a Facebook page and I also started writing Wikipedia entries for all the artists. That's Um, amazing. Yeah. And my, um, the owners of the gallery were just like flabbergasted when they finally started selling off their Facebook page. They were like, Marina, we just posted this and somebody bought it online. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. I told you. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And now people are doing that. I mean, I, I think artists are taking a lot more control over their careers. It's given artists so much more power because they have their own platform. They don't have to wait for anyone else to say that they're worthy of. Yeah, bingo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. This is the real thing that I started to notice. I was like, wait a minute, you don't need these like gatekeepers who treat you like second-class citizens to get your work out there to be seen and to show and and to sell right and I thought how cool is that Mm -hmm. you know and obviously operating out of this idea that there's enough to go around for everyone right there's definitely enough homes out there enough collectors out there for everyone yeah yeah, and there's so many different kinds of collectors too, just as many different kinds of artists. Um, you know, not everybody wants the same kind of artwork, which is the beauty of it, because not everyone creates the same kind of artwork. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that thought in mind, I was like, okay, great. Well, it's, I, I, um, I worked at this gallery up until I was done with my master's degree. It took me a while to write my thesis because um well it was tough to balance that with a full-time job yeah (laughs) but um once I did that I left the gallery in um very in late 2016 and I thought I don't you know I don't know what I should do um Mm -hmm. I kind of want to try working in a museum but I was either overqualified for the jobs that were out there or somehow underqualified for the higher level jobs because Mm -hmm. Um, I think the people who are generally higher level in museums have a much longer resume, mm-hmm. though I was working in the art world for about 15 years at that time. They were really looking for somebody with a bit more gravity to them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it worked out that I came up with my own business. Right? Yes. Again, taking control. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what that, that, that is such an interesting um, background. And, you know, I've always been curious about like working in galleries. I actually worked in a gallery myself once. Um, it was a small gallery in Philadelphia, but um, I found that uh, 
um, it didn't quite pay enough. <laughs> so, uh, so I left and I, I was doing other things and now, now I'm teaching and I also have my own business as well as art. Yeah. But, um, so I'm curious about two things and then we'll get into, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, feng shui. And the first one is what piece of advice would you give, you know, emerging to mid-career artists that has to do with their mindset that you feel like could really transform the way they think about their career? Oh, that is, again, another amazing question. And I think you're so good at finding these questions because you're an artist yourself. And, you. you know, this is one thing that is super important is understanding what your intention is when you're painting with intention or making artwork with intention understanding why you're doing what you're doing mm -hmm. because ultimately you should see it as you create this work of art as a service right you provide it as a service to collectors to viewers to anyone who's seeing it it's part of the collective cultural conversation so how do you contribute to that right and when you decide what your intention is, the value of the work becomes clear. Let's just say, for example, your intention is to bring joy to people, right? Mm -hmm. So the value of the work is to bring joy to people. Mm -hmm. And it, it gives joy to someone to have it, right? I work with an artist one-on-one um, -on -one who, you know, she was, she was almost like afraid to say that, She's like, well, it's not that exciting. I mean, my intention is to paint those blips of joy, mm -hmm. right? And I thought, well, that is fantastic. You know what your intention is. And that blip of joy is so valuable for us to see. Mm -hmm. So as far as that mindset goes, so important to know what your intention is because you have that goal, right? Mm -hmm. What is your goal how do you reach that goal of your of of creating something with your intention wow that's so helpful and i feel like that can just if you if you even have that in mind like this is my intention with my body of work or this piece or um or even like today um then you can that could translate into your artist statement and the way that you present yourself online and the way that you interact with people the way you yeah, it could, it could translate into everything. Right. How you find your collectors, right? Because if they're into it, into the same things you are, they're probably going to connect with your work. Yeah. You know, I even, I work with another artist and she is, I mean, Jessica, I can't even begin to tell you how technically proficient she is and also how great, I mean, it's, she makes these beautiful paintings. Mm -hmm. She's had a, museum solo show recently in the, um, in the South and she is unclear on her intention. Yeah. And it has staggered, her, I mean, it has really held her back. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out her intention for her is, or just even voicing, I mean, I think you know what your intention is. It's just mm -hmm. articulating what it is, is really hard, right? Mm -hmm. um, so figuring that out for her, it's, it's opening doors. That's amazing. It really, really is. 
Yeah. And I can think of like times when I've been at a museum and I've seen a work of art and I like it. And then I read the caption and I realize the artist's intention and it totally transforms the way that I see it and it becomes 10 times more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. And then you remember it, right? You remember it because of the story that comes with it. And, you know, the other thing that said, you don't want to interpret your work for your viewer, right? Yeah. You want to just give them a perspective through which to look at your work, like a window through which to look at your work, almost like a filter on it. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, these are the things that I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. And this is the outcome. Mm, Because when you do that, the viewer creates their own emotional connection to the work. Mm-hmm. And the viewer figures out, oh, you know what, this, this work has to do with joy. So what in this painting brings me joy? Mm-hmm. You know, for the painter, it could be the butterfly that's in the painting, right? But for the viewer, it could be that ray of sun that falls onto the flowers, mm-hmm. you know? So you don't want to guide the viewer away from creating that personal Uh, connection with the work. Amazing. I love it. Thank you so much. Okay. So my second question, and then we'll get into, um, you know, the feng shui is uh, what is one practical thing that every artist can do that would take them forward in a step of success in their career? I love it. Ah! Um, Gosh, where do you come up with these? I was just like I'm an artist and I'm, I'm like, you're so knowledgeable and I'm thinking, what do I want to know for myself? So yeah, <laughs> so good. Okay. So, um, one very clear practical step is, um, when you find out what your intention is, mm-hmm. right, you need to figure out what your intention is on your, uh, social media bios, right? Like if you're on Instagram and TikTok, whatever, um, in your bio, make it clear that that's your intention because that's how people will connect with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so-and-so painter of joy. And every time that you post on your social media, make sure it's an interesting post, of course, but that it somehow connects to your intention. Yes. Because again, that is the value that you're providing to people. I love it. That one little thing can help you reach a broader audience that will get your work. You don't want to just reach any audience, right? Because not everyone is going to support you the same way. It's better to have 300 followers mm-hmm. who love your work and connect to your work rather than 30,000 followers that are just, you know, interested in something totally different from your work. Yeah. 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 That's very, very good. So, um, so make it clear in your bio on your Instagram, um, what, what your intention is. And, um, yeah, I was just doing it in my head as we were talking and I feel like my work is to bring enchantment to people. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first thing that came to mind. So I don't know, maybe artists listening, think of like a few things that come to mind. Yeah. But, um, okay, great. Thank you, Marina. And now let's talk about feng shui. So, okay. um, so yes, 
Marina recently took a um, class on feng shui and she has long loved it um, before that. And I've actually gotten into it the past two years. I actually kind of feng shui'd my whole house. And um, I think it's very interesting how feng shui relates to art as well, how um, you're supposed to put images in your house that reflects what you want to experience. And um, I think that's really interesting. And I'm very interested to hear your thoughts about feng shui for the artist studio and how we can optimize you know, our best work and our best positive energy as we go into our studio every day as artists and um, how that can make a difference. So yeah. Sure. Oh my goodness, this is one of my favorite things. You know, I think a lot of our kind of success has to do with internal, um, with, with what's inside of us, right? And if we are so, we're feeling good inside, we're going to create successful things. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a business, whether it's a work of art, um, you know, whatever it is, right? And so one of the best ways for us to be feeling good inside is to be feeling good in our environment, mm -hmm. right? And that is why I was so interested in feng shui. Also, I've done so many studio visits in my life. I've been doing studio visits, I say, since 1984, which is when I was born, because my <laughs> parents would often take me to artist studios. They, they loved uh, collecting art. Mm -hmm. um, but this was back in the Soviet Union and um, where I was born and in Ukraine at the time, it was the Soviet Union. And then I'm, I moved here in 1991. But um, I noticed that artist studios, sometimes they feel really good and sometimes I can't focus on the art. So mm -hmm. how can the artist, right? And so I started to dive deep into feng shui. And ultimately, the idea behind feng shui is that you can arrange your space to have the best type of energy flowing through it. You ever walk into a room and you just, you're like, wow, I mean, it feels great in here. Yes. Yeah. Right. I'm even looking, I, the moment we got on this call, I was like, oh my gosh, Jessica's room looks gorgeous. Like wherever you are, it's beautiful. The energy is so good. good. So one thing that I do when I work with artists is I go over to their studio and I do a feng shui makeover. And so the energy that feng shui is about is, so Ideally, there are different schools of feng shui, and I really kind of fall into the school that um, marries feng shui with the law of attraction. Okay, all right. And so the idea there is that you want to create a space that's almost like a 3D vision board, and that mm -hmm. is your home or your studio or your office or your bedroom, wherever it is. Mm -hmm. Your space is your 3D vision board. Mm -hmm. And so the number one thing you want to do is find out what your qua number is or your energy number. It, you can Google it. You can go online and look up your qua number, but it is based on your birth in the Chinese zodiac. And how do you spell that just for people? 
Oh yeah, Q, U, I mean, I'm sorry, K, U, A. Qua number. Does that have to do something with the Bagua? Almost. So the Bagua okay. map is, um, you know, it kind of maps out the, your home, right? It's like, it's a little bit advanced. So we could get into it, but let's, okay. let's start from the beginning. Okay. It's important for you to have your energy number because it will tell you what your lucky directions are. And your four lucky directions, you have four lucky directions and four unlucky ones. We don't want to talk about the lucky, unlucky ones. We're going to focus on the positive here. Okay. So the lucky directions are your success direction, right? And that is the direction that you want to face to be functioning in alpha brain mode. And when you function in alpha brain mode, right, your, your brain's in alpha mode, you can make decisions better, you think better. And the idea behind this is that you want, whenever you're um, in a room, in your studio, it's good to face your success direction because you are going to be making work at the best level possible for you. I like right? that. So we'll have to figure out what your success direction is and okay. make sure you're facing it. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a few exceptions to that rule, and we'll get into them as to everything. So there's also your relationships direction or your love direction. There's also the personal wisdom direction and the health direction, mm -hmm. right? Um, when you meditate, it's so good to focus, to face your wisdom direction mm -hmm. or your personal growth direction because mm -hmm. when you're meditating you're up leveling and this is the space for you now if you can't face your success direction in your studio it's okay to face your personal growth or mm -hmm. wisdom direction because a lot of the time artwork comes from that space as well yeah oh absolutely um i I was reading quotes this week um, and I read one by Basquiat. I'm not sure if that's how to say his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, one was, uh, he said, I don't think about my work when I'm making work. I think about life. And I thought that that was really good because like, I believe that when the artist creates work, it's like you're pouring your soul into this object and then that object becomes kind of like it's like a portable vision of your soul. And that's what makes art so valuable. And, um, and yeah, so, so I agree with you. Like if you can be in that space as you create, that's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, see what works for you. Now, one thing that you can do after you look up your energy number is you wanna make sure that in each of these four lucky directions, you have zero clutter and don't have garbage in that direction, right? Because that's going to block the energy coming in from, that, from, from these directions for you. Mm. And alternatively, you know, what do you want to put in those directions? Mm. You want to put markers of each of these pillars, right? So if you want to manifest success, in your success direction, you want to put your awards or, you know, if you want to be on the cover of Forbes, mock up 
a, a cover of yourself, yes, cover for, <laughs> you know, and stick it in your success direction. You yeah. know, if you want to sell your work um, or to have, you know, more importantly for artists, if you want to have a solo show at a big gallery, mock it up somehow and you know, put that in your success direction. I love it. And so that generates that energy. Mm-hmm. I personally have um, the goddess Lakshmi in my success direction because she is the goddess of um, abundance and in everything, you know, and I in creativity and money and health and mm-hmm. abundance kind of it's think of it as a pie with like all these different um, things on it. It's not just money, right? So true. Yes, because if you have, I, I think about it like, if I entered the lottery and I won the lottery tomorrow, would it feel that satisfying? Because honestly, you know, create, which would feel more satisfying? Creating an amazing body of work and selling it at a place that you feel really, you know, excited to be at and then selling it to people who appreciate it and love it and feeling like you're spreading your light in the world and you made a million dollars from that um, versus winning the lottery, which would feel more satisfying. And to me, wealth is about satisfaction in all areas and money is just like, that's, it's just part of it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. money is just, you know, I I like to look at it as energy, but Mm-hmm. It, it's just a byproduct of the energy that you give out. So like oh, you put in so much yeah. energy and you get money in exchange mm-hmm. so that you can put that towards getting some other energy that will benefit you, right? Whether that energy is like a Chanel bag or, <laughs> you know, or painting supplies or a mm-hmm. car or food or whatever it is. This yeah. is just the exchange of energy. Um, so I, I have Lakshmi in my success direction. And one thing that I would suggest for artists to have in their success direction and also any entrepreneur who's listening or anyone with a business, you want to go global, put a globe in your success direction. Oh, I love it. Yes. And you want the world to know about your work. So put a globe in your success direction. I love that. And also that'll just remind you every time you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you have had shows that you really love, you know, like, let's say you had a show, a solo show at a gallery and you just sold out and it was just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Put the invitation to that show in your success direction, right? For you to see and understand like, look, I had this success. So you remind yourself of the success and it reminds the energy of that success so that it can flow in, right? Love it. That's something you can do for your success direction. Again, I can't stress this enough. Make sure there's no clutter and there's no garbage in that direction. Mm. If you absolutely, like, let's say there's stuff you can't move around and it feels a little cluttered in that direction. If it's, if, you know, you have, um, a drawer that it could go in or you can cover it somehow Mm -hmm. that's the next best thing right because then it's like out of sight out of mind exactly you know don't i'm not telling you to sweep it under the rug but if you have to (laughs) just do it um 
you know, and the same thing goes for your wisdom direction. Um, in my wisdom direction, I have my diplomas, but generally speak, and so I'm facing my success direction right now. Um, so when you do also when you do virtual studio visits, which is something that you're all going to do, try to face in your success direction because you are going to be the best speaker mm. right? in that direction. You're going to really communicate about your work the best. So um, also one thing that I did was I was working with an artist one-on-one and she had a really clenched throat chakra, like that to say the least, right? And I came over her studio and I noticed that in her health direction, she had an image of a woman being strangled by vines. Ooh. That doesn't sound. It was a beautiful image. Yeah. But obviously it was manifesting this clenched throat chakra. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. So this goes back to like how our art can affect us in our house. Yeah. Yeah. And so you want to remove that. Um, Also in your success direction, um, you don't want images of insurmountable obstacles. Mm-hmm. Let's say you really love, um, you know, an Ansel Adams photograph of the Grand Canyon, and you really want to put it in that, in in your success direction, because you want to aspire to be like Ansel Adams, right? You don't want to have any mountains in your success direction because, or you know, cliffs or anything like that, because that is it feels insurmountable. It feels like you have to climb to achieve something. Yeah, like overwhelming. Yeah, so shuffle it around. Make sure your the images in your studio aren't stumping that success. Mm. Similarly, I was at a friend's house the other day, and she's like, "Marina, I'm gonna like shuffle all my art around. I don't know what to do. I'm like so single. I've been single for years. Guess what? All the artwork in her house was single women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like. She had Wonder Woman, Marilyn Monroe, um, Bridget Bardot, like all these hot babes, but they mm-hmm. were single. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, look, you need to, if, if you want some love in your life, if you want relationships, mm-hmm. let's put some men in these pictures too. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> and um, I think that it's really powerful too, as artists with this is to like, draw what you want to experience and you could tack that up on your studio as well. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. I, have this sketch. I, I drew this sketch. I, you know, I want to, um, I want to build up to be able to have this like uh, retreat, you know, and teach it maybe like on one of my favorite um, beaches in California, El Matador beach. So I drew this picture of me teaching Sounds amazing. Yeah, to everyone who's like drawing and um, I'm there teaching and yeah. And so like when I when I look at it, I can like feel what it would be like. So yeah, totally. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the idea. So put that in your success direction Mm -hmm. to manifest it. Right. Awesome. So the other thing that's really important is when you're in your studio, and you know, this is one thing I would. I would reevaluate everywhere you are, right? Whether you have a home office, a studio that you work at, or mm, even your couch in your living room. 
you want to make sure that you see the entrance, that it's not behind you. Mm. And the idea about this is you want to sit in a power position. You are the master of your home, right? You are the master of your studio. If you're the master of your studio, don't you want to know who's walking in through the door? Yes. Right? Yes, yeah. it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like in uh, Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones where like you never want to turn your back to the entrance because someone might come in and like attack Decapitate you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're like, attack you. I'm like, decapitate you. Yeah. Um, we know where I'm coming from. Okay, so. <laughs> but yeah, you want to make sure you're sitting in a power position. Also, you know, a lot of the time we like to anchor our workspaces, our, you know, on a wall because it's it feels like more open in the space, mm -hmm. right? But when that happens, you actually don't see the, the expanse of the space. You only see the wall. Mm. So it's counterproductive. So this is something I learned after um, setting up my office. I was like, oh, I'm sitting staring at a wall. I mean, my window's to my left, but I'm staring at a wall and I don't realize the expanse of it. It feels like I'm yeah. in a tiny little closet. Yeah. You know? And so I switch things around. So the, my office is in front of me. I see how big it is, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, um, I feel like we need to like look at a diagram and be like, this is okay. And, and then I guess every, every artist studio is going to be different. So you have to figure out what works with your space. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. You know, there are definitely these little exceptions like, if you're facing your success direction, but the door's behind you, it's not worth it. Switch it around. Mm -hmm. um, face another one of your lucky directions. Mm -hmm. You know, also, if your work has to do, if the intention behind your work has to do with love, maybe you need to focus um, and face your relationships direction, your love direction, mm -hmm. because that would be more conducive to what you're trying to convey mm -hmm. with your work. Right. Yeah. So this is really, it's so important. And it's so important for you to also have light, right? When you're working on something, light is so important. And that is where the artist studio and feng shui really um, are compatible the most. Because mm -hmm. the more light you have, the better energy flows through. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So um, I know every artist's dream is to have a studio with like just a wall of windows. Yeah. That's what we see on like Pinterest or like that's, you know, every artist dreams of that. Um, and I'm very lucky. I have two windows in my studio and it always feels full of light. But what would you say to artists who like maybe they're renting a studio and they don't have any windows? Mm, so when you don't have any windows, um, it depends also, you know, I don't want to impose telling you what kind of light to use when you're making your work because maybe you like it a little bit darker or whatever, but the ideal situation is for you to feel good in your space. So whatever stops you from feeling good, get rid of it. Mm. If it feels good for you to have 
you know, a fluffy shag rug, but you're worried about the paint, get a smaller one or get, you know, get something to throw on your chair or whatever. Mm -hmm. But as far as light goes, get, this is, this is so easy. It almost sounds insane, but get a daylight bulb that, you know, you can get these anywhere at the, at the hardware store and they're, you know, you could either get soft white light or you could get daylight white mm -hmm. and get daylight white. It's a little bit cooler. Mm -hmm. And if you get over 1100 lumens, whatever it is, mm -hmm. then it will make it feel like you have daylight in your space oh, okay. and it will brighten the space it will change the energy instantly okay so 1100 lumens and um daylight daylight and you can get them at like home depot or something yeah totally not okay. sponsored by the way but <laughs> we'll consider it <laughs> all right <laughs> yes <laughs> awesome so light is very important i love that now um I found it very interesting what you said about don't anchor yourself to the wall because when I'm thinking of um, a lot of artist studios and myself included, I have my easel and I have it rolled against a wall. Mm -hmm. So um, are you saying that artists should kind of roll that into maybe the middle or into an area where they see more of their space? Well, Jessica, tell me, um, you know, I what what is on all the sides so what's to your left what's to your right and what's behind you in your studio okay so i'll i'll start from the point of so i have my table slash desk in my studio and um <clears throat> i have it pushed out from the wall and i have the chair behind it so that i'm looking at the expanse of my studio from this one perfect area. okay good. like the queen's throne basis bingo yes <laughs> Yeah. Goals. And yeah. as I'm, I'm looking at my studio from that position of like the throne, then on the left, uh, on the far left corner is the entrance. Um, and Perfect. then um, straight ahead of me is my easel and, um, you know, my paint supplies against a wall. Okay. And yeah. so when you're at the easel, um, what's to your left and what's to your right? When I'm at the easel, the wall is right behind it and then the entrance is to the left and then there's a window to the right. Okay, that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's hard because I don't want you, you know, if I tell you to rotate the easel and do the mm -hmm. same thing you did with your desk, kind mm -hmm. of, right? The light might change, right? Maybe yeah. it'll cast a shadow or something. So the fact that you can see the entrance from one side and you can see the window from the other side mm -hmm. is great. And the fact that you are desk, you can see the expanse, you're in the queen's position, the queen's throne. That's, that's what I like to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if you can do it, if, if, if you can set up your easel so that you are looking at the queen's, you know, at the expanse of your studio, mm -hmm. great. But if the light is going to screw it up, forget yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not worth it. 
Yeah. Well, the light changes dramatically throughout the day. So um, I do not have north light. <laughs> so it changes mm -hmm. dramatically throughout the day. So sometimes I, I have my easel on rollers. So I just roll it around to wherever is, is yeah. likely. But I do spend a lot of time just researching my art and, you know, answering emails and stuff like at yeah. the desk. So um, I'm not recording there now because my bedroom has a lot of soft things in it, so it absorbs the sound a lot better. But, uh -huh. but, it, but yeah, I think the, the desk is, is pretty important because when I sit there, it does make me feel like I'm in, I'm in the command position. Like I can, like this is my, this is You're the my boss. country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, speaking of soft things, I know you're talking about it in terms of sound and recording, mm -hmm. but um, when, uh, when you look at your studio, make sure you don't have anything that's too spiky, mm -hmm. because whether it's a plant, whether it's, um, you know, you want to put your scissors away kind of in a drawer, because mm -hmm. spiky things tend to draw, tend to um, repel good energy oh. and repel good people. One thing also that I tell artists to do, and this is exclusively for artists, although you can, I guess if you have a business, you can do this too. When you have a space for checks to come in. Ooh. Oh, so good. Stick that in your energy direction. And, mm -hmm. you know, you might want to put a check, write yourself a check, right? Mm -hmm. And put it in there so it's not empty. Mm. But that will, you'll be like, hey, universe, I'm ready for my checks. <laughs> yes, I'm ready today. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, it. A lot of, um, you know, also for sales, you could, um, put something gold in your success direction, even like gold coins if you wanted to, but gold is also um, this abundance thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what about um, water and plants? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So you don't want to have standing water, mm, okay. which is hard, especially if you're like doing watercolor. Look, it's not it, it's not like um, super duper important for you not to have a glass of water or, you know, whatever it is. But when you leave your studio for the day, make sure there's no standing water that you get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And um, the, I guess the big exception to that might be bamboo because it sometimes isn't standing water, but it's supposed to bring prosperity. And as far as plants go, you want round plants to attract money. Jade plants. Ooh, so like, like, like the uh, the leaves are more round rather than long. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, those are like coins, right? Yes, coins. Okay. <laughs> right. I love it. Okay, fill it in. Now, one thing that also artists are probably interested in is creativity, right? Yes, so how of and as I said, you know, abundance is not just about money. Just like you said, I can't imagine that I'd be so happy winning the lotto, right? Like there is, it's, it's not the only thing, right? Right. So what's important is to understand that creativity is one of those pieces of the pie on the abundance pie, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's 
it's a lot of things. It's, um, you know, not only money, but your career, your friends, your uh, love life, your creativity, your spirituality, your travel, um, your health, right? Did I say that? I almost, I can't believe I left it to the last thing. It was so important. You did mention it earlier. Um, So it's so important. And one way to do that is to, you know, if you're going to play this law of attraction manifestation game, get a ginormous amethyst. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's the biggest rock I've ever seen. <laughs> I should make a ring out of it. Um, <laughs> get a ginormous amethyst and put it in either your wisdom direction or your success direction. I feel so much connection to this amethyst. It brings me creativity that I can use when I'm working on marketing strategies for my artists or, you know, building strategy roadmaps for their careers. Um, So it really, it feels good. And whatever your stone is, Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. your crystal is, Mm -hmm. get one. Awesome. And put it in one of your lucky directions. Yes, I love it. And um, I was going to ask you something else. Do you have anything else to add? Any other suggestions in general for, for artists in regards to this? Uh-huh. Oh, yes, I remembered. I remember what it was. Um, but, but you can go ahead if you have something to say. Okay. Um, so one thing that I want to add that's so important is you need to present yourself online, right? Like we talked about this at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Jessica and I told you all, look, the art world has totally changed because all of a sudden everybody is online. People can see your work. They get to know who you are online. They get to learn about you, about your work. It's not just collectors, it's curators, it's art advisors um, or consultants, it's gallerists everybody is looking mm-hmm. so that seems like I'm putting a lot of pressure on you I'm like everybody's watching um <laughs> but no what I'm saying is it's so important to understand your intention so that you could be yourself mm-hmm. right and so that you know whatever you're putting out there is good and I just heard a siren and a lot of people say that when there's a siren you really got to listen that's a sign mm-hmm. from the universe um okay everybody listen up yeah um also there's a lot of signs from the universe lately I guess um (laughs) yes so uh, the other thing is you know especially online right you want to make sure that your website is in a is made in a way so that we understand uh what your work feels like how big it is Mm. how textured it is if it's text you know like if the texture really matters Mm -hmm. so show that to us on your website Mm -hmm. because that is this you know that's usually where people will go to look at your work Mm -hmm. and another thing that's super important is that instead of displaying I see a lot of artists do this you display one work at a time somehow and you like click through so annoying yeah so it's really important to show all of your work in a grid with the captions underneath so people who are looking especially curators gallerists Mm -hmm. who are more interested in showing your work and contextualizing your work even the press right people who are looking so that they see the date 
the size, the medium, mm-hmm. and of course the title, they need to see it right away. Mm-hmm. So that is super important for us. That's awesome. And I, I remembered uh, what I was going to ask you, and that is in regards to um, minimalism, because I know that minimalism is like a big trend right now. And um, I just think it's very interesting, the thought of using feng shui as an artist, because most of the artists that I know are kind of maximalists. Like when it comes to their studio, it's kind of like they have all these like collections of things that mean ah. a lot them, and then they have like things that are kind of half done, and then they have like this just stacks of paintings and um, what would you say to the minimalist trend when you're an artist and your job is to make things? Right. Okay. Screw the minimalist trend. Okay. Um, (laughs) If it's not your jam, don't do it. You know, just because you're a maximalist, right. Doesn't mean that you're, you can't be organized. Yeah. Staying organized is ultimately the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Personally, this was such a point of contention. Like I, um, as far as interior design goes, I like an all white empty Mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why I gravitated towards working in the art world, who knows? (laughs) Um, But my husband loves color. He, I mean, if he could live in Peewee's Playhouse, he would. (laughs) And um, so, this is something that I've learned over the years, just in terms, you know, very personal and in, in my house is I could still have that feeling of minimalism if I want, but with all the maximalist properties. And that is only by staying organized. Yeah. And also, look, you can be a maximalist, but if you're not using something for a long time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why, why let it take up the energy in your space? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Unless, unless you really love it and inspires you. And, and, and if that's the case, you're using it mm-hmm. Yeah, right? for inspiration. Amazing. Amazing. Well, um, thank you so much, Marina. Um, this was so amazing and enlightening. And I'm sure a lot of people found it very interesting. And um, I would love to share with people where they can get in touch with you. I know you do artist coaching and um, you, you offer different things. So why don't you talk about that? Sure. Thanks. I also cannot wait to share this podcast with my um, followers and my, my mailing list because you are so good at asking questions Um, (laughs) and everything you say is just amazing. So Um, you can find me at theartistadvisory.com. Make sure you go to theartistadvisory.com. Um, and also on Instagram at the underscore artist underscore advisory. I also have a podcast um, called the Artist Advisory Hotline, um, which, you know, you're more than welcome to. I just started it. Um, and the way that I work with artists is to I work with artists in two ways. I work with artists one-on-one for several months at a time. And I work with a very select few when that comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a signature online group program called the Artist Academy. Uh, so if you're interested in that, just go to my website. You're welcome to book a free call with me and I'm happy to talk to you. Amazing. So, Jessica, thank you so, so much 
for oh, having you're me. You're so on your welcome. Podcast. You're so welcome. And um, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna put the links in the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put it down below there. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Marina. And um, I'm sure everyone will go and listen to your podcast. And uh, Marina's awesome. Just personally, she's just an amazing person. So um, I want to thank you so much for being here today. And um, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you, Jessica. You too. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed listening, it would mean so much to me if you would give it a five-star rating. In fact, if you screenshot your rating and send it to me on Instagram at Visionary Artist Salon or at Jessica Libor Studio, I will give you a shout out as a thank you. I also wanted to let you know that I've created a gift for you from my heart that I'm so excited to share with you. It is a free guide called 30 Days to 3K, the definitive guide to authentically increase your art sales. In this 15-page guide, I share how I've created amazing results in selling my art online while retaining the worth of my art and feeling authentic. I'm sharing the process that has worked to get the results for me. All you have to do to get it is go to my coaching website, www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com and enter your email and it'll be delivered right to your inbox. I hope it brings you so much value and let me know how it works for you. For those of you who are ready to really transform your art career from the inside out to experience more abundance, creativity, and success, I encourage you to consider my completely personalized coaching program, the Artist Soul Mastery Program. In this one-on-one coaching program, my mission is to empower you to become the artist you've always dreamed of being by helping you remove internal blocks and step into the powerful and worthy artist that you are meant to be. For a limited time, I'm doing free 30-minute explore calls to find out if this would be the right fit for you. To apply for a call, visit the coaching website at www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com or shoot me a DM at Visionary Artist Salon. I'm here to chat. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you soon. Remember that you are already worthy and everything you make is an expression of your unique spirit. Now go forth and create.